This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Sunday, November 28th, and this is a bonus episode of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Big news out of the world of college football as it relates to college football recruiting. A couple of big hires. LSU misses on a couple guys, but it means that USC and Florida get their guys. Florida lands Billy Napier and USC lands Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. I've got the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports on the line, Mr. Steve Wilfong, to break it all down. Let's begin with Lincoln Riley sending shockwaves through the world of college football, Steve. He is headed to Los Angeles. I got a text from someone around the USC program uh, about five minutes ago that said, think that recruiting ranking will change pretty quickly. The Trojans sit at number 67 nationally with just eight commits. After finishing number seven last year, a little bit of a resurgence under Clay Helton in that last cycle, but they obviously weren't able to sustain it. And I also got a text last night uh, after LSU beat A&M from a source around the LSU program saying, looking forward to some crystal ball changes. It's because A&M had really run roughshod in that state and, and others. You know, I, I think LSU getting a big win there at the end against A&M really gives a boost for whoever takes that job. So this is this could be as wild the three weeks that we're going to have or less than three weeks leading up to the early signing period with really Lincoln Riley just opening a big old can of worms and, and, and leaving Oklahoma, which most would consider a destination job. He turned it into a stepping stool. The Sooners have the number seven recruiting class in the country. Gabriel Bronlow Dindy's the class jewel. You know, he nearly went to A&M. He's an Oklahoma legacy. Relique Brown, our crystal balls are already changing for uh, USC, all of us. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. This was another good class. I thought they had a great class last year. I really like the trajectory of Oklahoma's program, but I guess uh, I just got a text. Marvin Jones was supposed to come in for an unofficial to Oklahoma. And uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen, but they were in a great spot for one of the best edge rushers uh, in the country. And then you got I mean, they're off and running in 2023 also, the number one class in the country in 2023 with Malachi and Brandon Innes. And Lincoln Riley had a hell of a hell of a thing, Bill. It's hard to win the championship every year, but damn, Oklahoma was in there and he gone. He gone, Blair. He, he is gone. And th- that's, that's what's significant about this is that this is going to send ripple effects uh, across the country right now. Now, with USC securing one of the elite head coaches in college football, this reinvigorates what we've already known about USC, and, and that's it. It's a sleeping power. They're going to be able to recruit nationally. They need to start locking in some prospects from the West Coast. And Lincoln Riley had been recruiting Southern California better than Clay Helton had been recruiting Southern California. And he's been developing 
players at, at a better rate. And when you mix all of that together and you bring him over with the resources and the, and kind of the, I want to say maybe the, the motivation now that USC has to bring that program back up to the top. I mean, what does this do for Oregon, right? And their efforts out West? What, how, how does this affect even a, a Texas, right? Which had been coming out to California and now doesn't have that, that, you know, kind of that jostling or, or that sparring partner uh, headed to the SEC with, with Lincoln Riley now leaving that scenario heading west and I think this is going to be monumental for the Trojans and I would completely expect them to be recruiting at a top five level now. It'll be interesting to see who Oklahoma hires so the jury kind of out on that program right now but what a scary time (laughs) and uh, Mario Cristobal was by far the hardest working head coach in the Pac-12 on the trail He's got company now. Lincoln Riley was as visible a head coach recruiter as there is in the country. When I think about the head coaches that I think work the hardest, Kirby Smart comes to mind. Mario Cristobal comes to mind. Ryan Day comes to mind. And, uh, you know, Nick Saban and just how religious he is in watching film. And and so now you got Lincoln Riley and Mario Cristobal out there in the Pac-12 together. It's going to be a lot harder for Coach Cristobal to, to, to go into California and land a, a T-Mac. And people got to get these guys to get these guys to December 15th. You know, at the start of the month, I said that about Texas A&M. At the start of November, hey, they got a chance to finish number one. They got to get all these guys to, to signing day and and wild. This is just wild, man. I mean, Lincoln Riley to USC, it, it just it just kind of blows me away. It, it, it should. I mean, it, it, I think it, it's honestly, and based on some of the feedback that I've gotten from recruits and, and their parents early on, you know, we're recording this a mere hour or so yeah. since since everything dropped. I mean, everything continues to develop, but that is a sense, there is a sense of shock. And I think there is a sense of, all right, let's see how everything falls into place, which assistants are going to follow Lincoln Riley to Los Angeles, how that whole, uh, how that whole scheme is going to set up. I think before a lot of the flips and a lot of the speculation begins to happen, I think we need a little bit more information, but I, make no mistake about it. This is going to be huge for USC, for the West coast and for i think for recruits that wanted maybe a better excuse to stay home right you're thinking about some of the prospects that are already committed to oklahoma in the 23 class five-star malachi nelson five-star makai lemon uh four-star deandre moore uh you know you had a, the number one center out west joshua bates from the state of colorado you mentioned relique brown earlier but he's also uh, you know he's got to commit uh from colorado in the 22 class and that would be gavin sachuk who also took an official visit to USC. Uh, Jake Taylor is one of the better offensive linemen in the country, committed to Oklahoma, also has you know some strong interest in USC. I think they were in his top four. Uh, so this is, I think, now going to really sway things in a way that is only favorable to USC. I wonder who he's going to take on his staff. I was just going to say, he seems like a loyal guy. And so I wonder, you know, if he's going to take his staffers with him, because he has some really good recruiters on his staff too. Yeah, you know? like a like a Demarco Murray or even a coach, you know, Be- Beatonball, right? The offensive Calvin line Thibodeau, coach, Jamar Kane, yeah. Coach Manning. You know, those guys did a great job, and really, they had an understaffed off-field recruiting department. You talk about Drew Hill, Chip Viney. They're not built like some of these other operations. You know, it was kind of a more mom and pop shop in Norman, and that's what you know. That's what made Coach Riley so impressive is just how visible he was with the top targets. Man, I mean they. Those guys committed to the production, but they also committed to the people. 
And so USC, they're going to have major momentum. I wonder how quickly it's going to kick in here as they finish 2022, who they're going to get the spatula out on, you know, Damani, Je- I mean, there's so many good players that they can turn, come back around on maybe, you know, I mean, when you look in, in state, does Ernest Green, what does Ernest Green think about this? Damani Jackson, of course, David Bailey, who's the best pass rusher out West, Hero Canoe, you know, from Europe, but playing out there. It's going to be super interesting how, how USC closes, and uh, they're certainly going to get a recruiting bump with Lincoln Riley. And even with their quarterback, right, who had just decommitted over the weekend. Devin, right. Top 100 prospect Devin Brown backed off his commitment to USC, which had been standing for well over a year, has just taken official visits to Ohio State and Texas, is set to host Ole Miss for an in-home visit as well this weekend. So, you know, when a Lincoln Riley is now going to be, you know, your head coach, uh, you know, th- th- does that make you do a double take and maybe go back and say, oh, you know, I, I-, I kind of do want to be a Trojan. Uh, so a lot of things to work there for USC. And and I think we'll wait and see what happens at Oklahoma. Now, I think the speculation turns into who's going to be the head coach there. Uh, obviously, we had heard, uh, you know, a little bit of noise uh, and reports about Matt Campbell being possible candidate in case Lincoln Riley left for LSU. And um, I think so for Matt Campbell, it's a thing where he wants to go somewhere where he's the alpha in his state. You know, Iowa State, he's done a great job there, but Iowa has built-in recruiting advantages for the most part that Iowa State doesn't have. You go to Oklahoma, Oklahoma has built-in recruiting advantages that Oklahoma State for the most part doesn't have. So it's certainly that job, that job on the surface fits Matt Campbell. You know, the SEC changes the elements of that though. Some guys are, I'm not saying Matt Campbell is or isn't, I just, the SEC is a different monster to other leagues. And and, and so you have to be wired for it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think that is one of the ingredients that is now going to make that job and make that potential hire an interesting one as Oklahoma searches for the replacement for Lincoln Riley. And and speaking of the SEC, you got to be phenomenal in the trenches in the SEC. And so whoever's getting that job at Oklahoma has to go recruit those positions at the same tenacity and tenacity that I thought Oklahoma was. I thought Oklahoma was building their roster uh, at, a, at a high level to go play in the SEC. And uh, Derek Moore committed. That's an SEC type player, you know, and, and uh, like I said, Marvin Jones Jr. was supposed to visit there this week. It's obviously an SEC player. Now the new coach is going to have to keep that rolling at the point of attack. It's a different monster in that league. It's a bigger league. The bigger people. Bigger league, bigger people, and, and bigger noise. Billy Napier is also headed to the SEC. He's the new hire at Florida as the Gators get their guy. He's a, a guy that has a lot of SEC background, being an assistant, uh, you know, has some various stops there, is, is from, I think, northern Georgia. So he's got some, some of those ties there in that state as well, uh, versed in recruiting the Southeast and, and being able to stockpile talent. And, you know, based on what he was able to do, in Louisiana. I mean, I think this is one of those hires that definitely, you know, I think maybe gets a plus next to it, right? Like you have to assume that this is going to be a a really good move for the Gators. I love it. I love it. You know, we'll see how it goes moving forward, but here's kind of the deal. Like people are like, look at what Dan Mullen did with the talent that Mississippi State got. Imagine what he could do with the talent that Florida gets. You got to go out and get it though. You know, it doesn't just come to you because you're Florida. It puts you in the conversation. 
And I think Florida was in the lead group for a lot of guys that they saw go to Alabama and Georgia and other places. I think they only have one top 20 player in the state committed right now, three last year and three the year before. So seven out of 60 or something like that, top 20 players in the state at Florida. So you got to go out and you got to get these guys to come say yes to you. And Billy Napier, he's finished atop the Sunbelt recruiting standings every year he's been there. And uh, when you look at this football team, 11 and 3, 10 and 1, 11 and 1 the last three seasons. Those are the only three 10 plus win seasons that this program's ever had. So he is the most successful coach in Louisiana history. He's got a background in the SEC. He's got a background as a high school coach's kid. He works hard at recruiting. He loves the evaluation component of it. And I think that Florida is going to give max effort from the top down to lure the biggest biggest or their top targets to Gainesville. And that's all you can ask. And I think that under the last regime, Coach Mullen put that on the plate of his assistant coaches and off-field recruiting staff and didn't carry his weight. And that league's changing. Kirby Smart's a nine-inning guy. Nick Saban and his staff is such a well-oiled machine that you're recruiting against. Jimbo Fisher, nine-inning guy. You know, it's uh, uh, Ed Orgeron, LSU, man, they recruited their asses off three straight top five classes. I know they they went six and six this year, but uh, they those kids played hard. And I think that program's on, on, got potential to, to bounce back rather quickly. Uh, but Florida, this is an exciting hire. Napier's gotten it done on the field. He works hard in recruiting. I think he's ready for a job like this. And, and you know, we'll see how he does. When you think about in-state recruiting, I know that's always been a big talking point with Florida, you know, not being able to combat the Georgias and the Bamas and the LSUs from going into the state, uh, winning those battles against Miami and Florida State. And I, I think Billy Napier understands the value of being able to recruit locally, nearby, in that same region. And if this is going to be a mad dash to the early signing period and we're about what 15 16 days until the ink starts to meet paper with some of these some of these prospects you know florida right now sitting outside the top 30 in in the recruiting rankings for the 22 class number 11 among sec schools so there's a lot of room to grow for them in that program but even if they don't close strongly and they aren't able to maybe get some flips that that they they will surely be trying to make here in the last couple of weeks i think this 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 is only good news for the 23 efforts right to start getting that ball rolling and start to shift some of the the momentum not only in recruiting the in-state prospects but to start building kind of that that brand that florida wants to build right the cormani mcleans the richard youngs of the world you know, getting those guys to be Gators. But then Florida has a power enough, powerful enough brand. If Texas A&M can come up to Tennessee and get a commitment from Walter Nolan, who at one point had Florida as his leader, you know, Florida can recruit across the SEC footprint and land guys. Tony Mitchell out of Alabama, you know, those are the kind of guys that they need to be in the middle of it for. They can go into Texas, go into Georgia and get a Vic Burley type player, go up to, you know, the East Coast and land Samson Okanlola, a big offensive tackle. And I'm not saying any of these guys are Florida leagues. I'm just pointing to the quality of player uh, that that they should be in on. And you meant, you said USC top five recruiting classes. I think Florida has that capability. Look, these programs aren't going to finish in the top five every year. Only five can. But what I'm asking of those kind of programs is to give max effort to land the majority of the prospects they're supposed to land 
and address their needs year in and year out. And, and let's get a little more parity up in this in, in this uh, football thing that we follow every year. Yeah, and I, and I do think it is significant, not only for Florida, but also for USC to make their hires when they did, right? They, they made their changes and now they're moving forward and we're making that dash toward the early signing period and, and into February. And, and with recruiting moving as quickly as it does now and the transfer portal being a, a factor, uh, it's always more important to have your guy in place to get the wheels turning and um you know now i guess we wait on lsu right we wait on on washington we wait on what oklahoma is going to do and and their response like i mentioned really interesting stuff to monitor and track and and to find out the recruiting ramifications of all this coaching movement in college football and and we're going to be doing it all over at 247sports.com Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.